Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I'm excited today. It's first time ever that I have a six-time Emmy winner, national <laughs> speaker, diversity advocate, and most importantly, founder of Project Forgive. She has been a guest on NBC, ABC, Fox, CNN, and I mean, all of those big networks. So I'm beyond humble that uh, Dr. Sean Duperon came back to basics to share her insights with us. Hello, Dr. Sean. Hello, Angel. And hello. It's so nice to see you. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here. Likewise, you know, and one thing that I had said when I introduced you is that I also consider you my friend because you're a fellow WeBank, you know, Women in Business Enterprise Company. And so we met once a while back on an event and I was blessed with sitting next to you because that became a, one of the most enjoyable and insightful lunches that I've had at events like that. Wow, how kind. Yes, I remember it was a tough time because you had recently had, you know, bad news in your family. I know, I know personally, I don't want this to go on the sad note, but I know you've had, even during the pandemic, had to deal with a lot of grief and, and, and loss. So, but yet you always have an optimistic, cheerful, and I mean, you are funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, isn't it, isn't it that part with being able to embrace grief that allows you also access to joy? Because it's allowing all of it to come, allowing all of, to allowing yourself to feel all of it. That is amazing. It's it's uh, interesting you said that. I had a very good friend of mine just left the hospital. I myself just got news that I have a I'm going to say a small skin cancer issue that I have to take care of, and yes. that you know, in all the things that you know, we learn from life. It's almost like we kind of learn that bad is not going to come our way. And that's the pretty much the one sure thing we have when we are born is that bad things are going to happen to us. They are betrayed, loss of trust, losing people, getting sick, all of it. And we don't do well with it. Any thoughts on that? I know I'm getting deep very quick, but I'm, I'm going to take advantage of you. <laughs> yeah. So let me just preface it with this. Like what I've been dealing with is um, my mother recently passed. Just before that, my sister did. And just before that, my dad did. That is, wow. I'm so sorry. I so appreciate you for that. I've been in this for a while. Um, it was just, it all happened just before COVID hit, you know, but my mother passed in January. And um, so I've been dealing with a lot of grief. And what's the biggest lesson that I learned? You know, the biggest lesson that I've learned, Leticia, is I am a lovely person. My yeah. mother and my father and my sister created a lovely soul. My right. family created a lovely person. And I say that with humility. You can even feel my tears, right? Because I'm clear that my family wants me to be happy. And that's a journey I've been on this last year, like, you know, everybody's gone. Why am I the only one left? And, you know, what right do I have deserved to be alive? You know, boy, my family love me. 
Oh my God. Yeah, I know. It's a, that a little bit of a survival guilt and I cannot even begin to think what you're going through where your most loved people, the ones that have walked the, the path with you from the beginning. Yes. are not there anymore. But uh, I think the work you do, I mean, we obviously going to get there and people that follow mm -hmm. my podcast already notice I'm going off script with you because <laughs> this podcast and this, you know, I normally go back to like your childhood and how you got to be, how do you live a fulfilled life? But anybody that either knows you or is going to research you, uh, they're going to know you, you're living the life you want. You're a passion. You, you found your passion You know, you're the founder, among many other things, of Sean TV or Dr. Sean TV, rather. Mm -hmm. there, and you have amazing content. You help people deal with forgiveness, right? And, and, and I, I love forgiveness. I love the conversation of forgiveness, especially in the workplace. Because as leaders, you know, we take risks all the time, Leticia. We take risks all the time. And it takes courage to take risks because you're going to fail a lot as a leader. And how quickly, the game becomes, how quickly can you forgive yourself? And then, of course, forgiveness enfolds everything. It enfolds our children, our grandchildren, our bosses, our parents, our spouses, our partners. So forgiveness is a big deal. So I love the conversation. Of oh, and, it, and, it's, and it can go deep because sometimes I think we need forgiveness in areas of our lives that we don't even suspect, you know, that we need forgiveness. Like, for example, I, I after working for two big corporate uh, companies, I went to work for the family business, which is very different from what people think, you know, it is. And it has given yeah. me amazing flexibility and other things. But, you know, when you are a self-driven person, you know, you measure success differently. Well, when you work in the family business and your dad is a boss, you don't get promoted. You don't get, you know, <laughs> circles of excellence and recognition. And, and it's not that you want it, but in a way you kind of want it. And, you know, in my case, it sounds stupid, but I have had to learn to forgive myself, not to pursue in the full on corporate life that I yeah. know I could have had. And that taking a very different approach, because then you say, well, what if, you know, you always have to deal with the what if, what would have happened? And mm -hmm. uh, I think that a lot of people think that it's a big items that you need forgiveness on. And there's small things in your life that make the difference once you learn to understand where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it takes skill to be open-hearted to see what that is. You know, like, you know, it might show up, it might show up as impatience. Like if you find yourself in a workplace, whether you own your own business or you work for a company, that you get annoyed. Something's annoying you. And when you're open-hearted enough to dig deep into that annoyance to see what's really going on. Like I just got off a consult, just got off a consult. I consult with the National Arab Orchestra, which oh, is just wow. a joy. Okay. And um and what I'm not gonna I'm not giving away any secrets, but I just want to say the issue that came up is one person wanted to go much faster because he already understood and he wanted to go over there. And I says, No, what you need to say right now to your team is I'm sorry for being so impatient. Because hmm. that's really what was going on. He was annoyed they weren't catching on. And as someone on the team, he wasn't expressing it in a way that people could understand. And then he just got annoyed with them for not understanding. Yeah. And that's just part of being human and allowing yourself to lean in to those lessons and lean in and listen to yourself. Like what is actually going on here? And what was really going on? He was impatient. That's wow. It. 
Well, sometimes it's so basic, right? It's uh, the, the, yes. the, and, the, and that's in a way why also this podcast is called Back to Basics, to learn <laughs> to, you know, if we really strip down of all the labels and all the things, we will recognize either what's bothering us or what we have to work on. It just really boils down to what you're passionate about or what worries you. And yes. I know that these are very challenging times for a lot of people because COVID really has... Uh, you know, disrupted us in every possible way yeah. in business. I know you work a lot with fellow women-owned businesses and, and minority-owned mm-hmm. business. So this is something mm-hmm. that uh, I'm passionate about, as I'm sure you are. And, and, you know, as women, we also deal with taking care of the families and ha- we have all so much more on, on, on our shoulders. And I'm not saying more than men, but we have a lot. <laughs> And well, we multitask. We, we, we're we a different gender. We take on different things. And especially now, if you have school-age children, you got all that school stuff going on. Oh, my gosh. I'm watching my daughter, who's a medical doctor, navigate all of this with her husband. And a lot of it is falling on her shoulders. Yes. And how do you navigate that as a woman and create boundaries and all that stuff, right? It's very, uh, very few times in my life I have said I'm officially overwhelmed. And I'm telling you that during the time, now my kids are back to school, but during the time they were online, you know, at home, plus having to deal with the work and having to cook for, you know, because normally you just, your day goes different. I say I'm officially overwhelmed, you know, and you have to find a way uh, to deal with it. So what, what's your take on that? What, what's your advice when people tell you, you know, this COVID thing is driving me crazy because I want to find a way to also provide tools for the listeners that are dealing with this. You know, it's for me, it's really about allowing all the feelings to come up, whether it's if you're feeling needy, like I'm feeling really needy. I'll say to my husband, I'm feeling so needy. Would you just come here and give me a hug? One of the things that's really helping me is taking a shower. Because mm-hmm. I can go many days without taking a shower because the mental health, I mean, the exhaustion, I mean, it's just an exhausting time because it isn't just COVID. It's the racial strife, the political pain, the divisiveness. It's a lot. Yes. And then togetherness with the family, especially some of us that are with family that we aren't used to being with 24-7. In the moment, you probably want to kill your husband or your partner. <laughs> yes. This is putting a lot of relationships to the test. That's on that. Absolutely. And then, then, you know, the biggest thing for me, Leticia, is looking at the grief, the global grief with so many people dying of COVID. It has impacted millions of people in grief. So our collective world has a high percentage of people grieving. And when you walk into a room and someone's grieving, it's going to impact you. And because we we are we feed on each other's energy and we feed on each other's lives. And we got a global world right now that's grieving. It's so yeah absolutely and i'm a big fan of your posts for anybody listening out there i mean dr sean gives the most empowering messages on linkedin you always have some posts that are so simple and yet so powerful so and it was not too long ago i read in one of your posts that pandemic is the hardest thing and yet the best thing where was your mind going to in the in where what in which ways do you think is the best thing and i agree with you but i i would love It is the worst. It is the worst because it's forcing me and forcing all of us to sit still. The best thing, though, is it's causing many of us to reevaluate. What do you want? What do I want? 
am I spending my time the way I want to be spending it? Also, with my whole family dying just before COVID, I've had to sit with a lot of grief. At least prior to COVID, I could be busy and do things. It's actually forced me to grieve harder and longer and faster. Yeah. That makes sense. And I'm really evaluating what I, what I want to do. And I'm in the midst right now. I left. I'm on a road trip in a car because I won't go on a plane. I'm very, very safe. I don't yeah, even eat no, restaurants. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, don't even eat in restaurants. And um, I, I'm writing our documentary on Project Forgive. And I said to my husband, I said, honey, bunny, I need to go take a break, be by myself, stop in Florida, stop in Arizona, stop in California, go see my son. I haven't seen him in a while. And just be really safe and go right. And I need to grieve. I need what I'm, what I'm in the journey of is embracing my survivor guilt, allowing my history to fall away and embracing my future. And finishing up this documentary has been one of the most healing things I've ever done. And so I'm on like a two-month journey right now. Right now you're getting me in Florida. So I'm not like in my oh, office right you're, now. you're in Florida, in I'm my in state, in what part of Florida? I'm in Tampa. Oh my I'm God, we're very close then. Where are you at? In Miami. <laughs> oh, you're in Miami. Yeah, in Miami. Wow, that well, it, 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 I think that's great. Uh, by the way, I, I call it Seventh Emmy Alert. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about this one. This, and I haven't really talked about because I haven't, I haven't been able to get grounded enough as a business owner to see where do I want to go with all this emotional stuff, and I'm really clear where I'm going, and. Uh, one of the things that what I love about your podcast too, Leticia, even you know, when you think about back to basics, you share personal stories to meet universal needs. Mm -hmm. And all of us have a mother. So I'm going to share my personal story of forgiveness. What does it mean? What isn't it? Look at the myths. What happens when you forgive? What happens when you don't forgive? And use it through my eyes to make my personal story universal because we can all relate to this. And um, to get that kind of clarity, that is one of the best gifts of COVID because I have clarity for the first time in, a very, in several years because I was a caretaker with my mom and my sister for a long time. So I've been in cancer for three years, you know, uh, heavy duty cancer. For that, three years. that is yeah. heavy. And I can say uh, for the record, we had taped this interview a couple of months back and it's for the first time ever that it didn't tape on my end. I could hear me. Yeah. I couldn't hear Dr. Sean. Yeah. And you were still very, you know, insightful, but I could tell these two months have made a difference. And that makes oh, okay. me very happy because I'm seeing the smiles that I'm seeing today on the screen are very different uh, from Two months ago, two I, can, months ago. I yeah. can tell that the journey is serving its purpose. And, and I think it's great. You know, this is the kind of stuff I, I do also. I get on a car and I like the road trips. I find them interesting. And I hear people, are you crazy? You're going to drive alone or you're going to do that alone. A lot of people don't see the magic in doing these things alone. And uh, to me, they're very exciting. Oh, it's like heaven for me. <laughs> right. It's like discovering that you can be your best friend. And yes. you can talk to yourself because I, I know when I do these things, it's like I start talking to myself again. And I think with the, when the day to day goes, you have so many things. When I get in the car, I have to do some calls. I have to or I have the kids. I never had time to listen to myself anymore. And so 
any journey We're like so that. busy with everybody else. We're so busy taking care of everything and everybody. Exactly. And so at times, yeah. and this happens also with me and my husband in those strange times where we do a day night, like we did one for the first time in nine months that we've had the kids. We left yeah. them with my sister for the first time. And then we said, oh, we get along great. Like after four hours <laughs> together, it's yeah. like, oh, this is why we got married. This, yeah. and, and it's not that we had argued or anything. It's just yeah. hard to find that connection of that. Oh, yeah, I can go on a date with you and still will marry you after the date. You know, I would still yeah. make the same de- decisions and choices. I love that. I totally get that. And in my world, if you stay married like that, so you also... Find a lot of ways to forgive each other a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good marriage is two good forgivers. Well, yeah, I, I'm sure it's uh, it's uh, but you know, to find happy marriages is when you find happy marriages is when you hear stories like yours that you said you said what you needed, and you went on and did it, and you had a supportive husband that say, "Oh, sure, go on a road trip," because sometimes yeah. we don't do it because we don't have the spouse support. Yes. Right. So I def- I definitely want to know a little bit about uh, and you to share with my audience about Project Forgive, because I know that's a very special project for you. And I know that you also were nominated or your your agency for a Nobel Peace Prize at some point. Yeah. So, yeah. so here's the deal with Project Forgive. It's going to be announced in January. We've been around for about five years. We started off um, from a little video. We did a little video because I'm a television producer by trade of a beautiful story of a dear friend of ours whose wife and two kids were killed by a drunk driver. Mm. And my kids babysat their kids, Sammy and Alex, and Judy, the, the, the mother that was killed, was my husband's business coach. Oh. And then it was a devastating day. And then later that day, we discovered that the man who killed them as a drunk driver is also a dear family friend. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The, the, just, and both families are amazing. Um, Tom Wellinger, who actually killed by choosing to drink and drive, and I have to say killed by choosing to drink and drive, he was actually, his family was coming in from another state the next day to do an intervention with his alcoholism. So his family was delayed. Mm. So it's just, the whole thing was devastating. And I remember my daughter saying to me, mom, you got to do something, you know, do a movie, just do a little video. So I did a five minute video, went viral right away. And it was the exploration of forgiveness. How do you forgive when you're hurting, and um, it was a beautiful little video. And then what I saw is that people wanted a conversation of forgiveness. Now, I've been working in forgiveness for a long time, especially as a corporate trainer, especially with high-level leading. I work in high performance and in communication. And you screw up as a leader. Quickly, do you forgive yourself? How do you lead teams? How do you receive an apology? All those things are part of leadership for me. So it was a no-brainer to start Project Forgive. So much has happened since we started this. I started putting together a movie, a documentary, then everybody got cancer, then COVID. One of the things that in the way that our nonprofit was supported was through grants. And we did, we did, I, it was very important to me not to ask for donations, not that we didn't receive donations. That's, I didn't want to be a donated driven organization. It was a grant driven, but with COVID happening, you know, our donations were very small to begin with our grants dried up. So we are shifting from a nonprofit. We're going to be going to simply being a movement because um, my business has been hit by COVID 
And I just didn't want to pay $100,000 a year to support the nonprofit because that's pretty much what I was doing. Mm -hmm, So even that conversation, this is the first time I'm saying it publicly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Come January, we will be an actual movement. So we'll no longer be, you know, just our corporate structure is going to change. The movie's still coming out. We still do accept the apology you never received. It's just, it was time for me to let go of that. And I actually attribute that to my forgiveness with my movie. And the work that I've done with my mother, because I can't be the end all, the be all to everything. It's okay if I don't have two companies. It wasn't fun anymore like that. And we'll still go on with our mission. We'll still do what we're doing. We still give free stuff. It's all good. And to embrace that over these last few months, the lightness that you're feeling is that those decisions to like, okay, this isn't working. I can't keep putting out, you know, 60,000, 80,000 a year to support a nonprofit because it just, it's not making sense. And um, to even vulnerably share this out loud has been a journey all on its own. And um, and I'm feeling good with decisions, like really beautiful decisions that are best for me, that are best for the movement, that are best for my company, my employees. And um, it takes courage to make really honest choices, you know? Yeah, well, I, I commend you for that. I think that's a back to basics choice. And I think mm-hmm. you said something very important. It wasn't fun anymore. And, yes. uh, you know, I think that's something that I encourage all the listeners in all our conversations. We commit to a path and sure, we want our commitment to that path to validate in the ways we dreamt about and how we envisioned them. But at some point you have to come to terms with, well, this is not what I thought. This, and, yeah. it's, and I'm not a failure for changing course. Actually, it's admirable that you have the yeah. ability to course correct on the go. And I think this is often people struggle with this. They seem that course correction as a failure and I see it as the victory that you were able to have that courage. And what if it can be both? Like I can accept that I failed at a nonprofit because the truth is I did. I failed at, Mm -hmm. at running a nonprofit. I did not create the sustainability or the people around me to help create enough money to keep it going. I was sustaining it and I failed at that. Got that. And what can I do now in my course correction back to basics to have me flourish again, to have the the movement flourish, to be able to give away the free stuff because I love giving away free stuff. That makes me happy. Okay. That's good. Just do. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and to be able to do the course correct and see the victory of that. And that's how I've been dealing with COVID, Leticia, is embracing the light and the dark, like my neediness and my powerfulness, my fear and my um, courage, my grief and my joy, my anger and my acceptance, these dichotomies that we all have as human beings and all the feelings that go along that paradigm of these two extremes because there's all we're such complicated human beings and we can have many feelings at once and it's okay i totally agree i once heard that that the most beautiful musical pieces have the major chords and the minor chords if you had a piece that only had major chords which are the happy chords It wouldn't be the pieces they are. It's not what makes it beautiful. What makes it beautiful is that the major and the minors are intertwined usually to create that beauty. And and I think it was a priest that once said it and said, that's how life is. It wouldn't be as beautiful if you didn't have the major and the minors 
even when the minors come is hard and, and how to yes. deal with them. But, uh, well, I think that the vision of the movement is really what excites you for what yes. I can tell. So in yes. that sense, I don't see it at all as a failure. I see the movement yeah. keeps going and, and, and that's the important thing. And, and the mission of forgiveness and, and, you know, apologizing when feels right. I think it's a very, very good one. So, yeah. you know, I normally end the interview with asking what makes you tick. You share yeah. a lot of things that make you tick. Is there anything in particular when you feel down that if you go back to that thing, you say, yes, I'm smiling. Yep. Yep. It's the apology you'll never receive. When I'm working with someone or someone's in my life that they're never going to apologize and they're being a jerk, that I can, in my mind's eye, pretend they're apologizing to me because neurologically in my brain pathway, it feels like an apology and I shift. The power is always here. I get to choose how I'm going to act or react. And if someone's a jerk, I can pretend they're apologizing to me in my mind's eye and accept the apology I'll never receive because they're not apologizing. And I can shift me on a dime. That is powerful to me. That's oh. what makes me tick. Oh, well, that's powerful to me too. And I'm sure a lot of people out there are going to pick that one nugget of, of wisdom and start <laughs> implementing it. And, and, you know, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're in the middle of your, you know, road trip, documentary, mm -hmm. doing so many things and, and, and you showing up and support my podcast and talk to the yeah. audience. It really means the world. And it's people like you that make you know, others, you know, this inspiration of paying it forward and putting it out there and, and support someone else. It's, it's really meaningful. So thank you so much, Dr. Sean. Oh, my pleasure, dear Leticia. It's been a joy here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Take care. And until the next time. <laughs> <laughs>